What's up everybody, welcome back to the show. In this video, we are going to talk about Italian street photography from the 1960s. And a lot of what I'm gonna show you today is taken from this book that I found recently called La Strada. And La Strada is an excellent book. It is well worth tracking down. It is hard to find, but I will put some links in the show notes below if you guys are interested. Um, this book is a collection of photographs that actually is culled from a private collection uh, from a collector who specializes in Italian photography. And this deals with a period of the late 19th 1950s to early 1960s and there are some absolutely fabulous photographs in here that we're going to look at and talk about in a second. What's interesting about this is most of these names are people you've most likely never heard of and it is compiled of photographers that are both somewhat professional photographers in Italy from that time period but also amateur photographers as well and I think it's very interesting to look at historically um, when you look at the reasons why that may be and if you look at where Italy was coming out of the first and second world war so by by 1945, you have not only government change, but you also have a lot of poverty going on in Italy at that time. And over the next 10 to 15 years, a lot of that is rebuilt. And what you do see during that time is Italian cinema takes off quite a bit. And Italy enters this new age of almost a second renaissance um, in terms of creativity and the work that's being made. And a lot of this is being done through film most famously. But the photographers during that time never really made it into prominence. And there's a couple reasons why. I think one, um, you know, during the events of World War II, uh, most of the photographers that were published and in print already and very well known are people like Henri Cartier-Bresson. Uh, in the U.S. you have many people shooting photojournalism. Eugene Smith's one of the famous ones, Robert Frank. Uh, and so it, what's really interesting is there's already kind of an establishment of style and aesthetic that's going on with street photography at that time or photojournalism. And so what you start to see in Italy, and we're going to look at some photos here, is a lot of photographers who are taking that as a starting point and trying to experiment with it. And I think it's a particularly interesting time in the 1960s for photography uh, in Italy because a lot of these guys are combining a lot of the compositional elements and things that you see with Henri Cartier-Bresson or Eugene Smith or any of the, the big name photographers at that time and combining it with more of the artistic elements of modernism at that time as well. So Laszlo, uh, Maholi Neg, um, you know, the Bauhaus school. And so anyway, so I think the best thing to do is uh, let's dive down and look at some photographs. The first thing that's noticeable about the book is the title, which is La Strada, which literally means the street, but I believe it's also a nod to the Fellini movie of the same name, La Strada. Uh, Fellini being the great Italian filmmaker, and Italian cinema was definitely flourishing by the 1960s. And photography was also entering into that neo-renaissance as well, but as you can see, even with the first couple images here that are absolutely gorgeous, um, the print quality is amazing in this book. They did an outstanding job putting this together. But even in the first few images, it brings to mind people like Robert Frank. So I think that there was a heavy influence of the established photojournalists that were already, you know, known to, on the world stage. And the Italians were coming out of a period where a lot of images, particularly that were used in photojournalism, had a specific look to them. And a lot of that was associated with the Mussolini regime. And so there was a divorce from that. And this Renaissance included uh, this trying to find their way within all this and establish a new aesthetic and, and new ideas with Italian street photography. And as I mentioned, a lot of the photographers in this book are people who were amateurs. Some of them you may have heard of, but most of them most likely you haven't. And there is a real longing to do something new with photography, as you're going to see in these. For instance, this image on the right, this wonderful study with these lines and the way they work and, you know, bringing to mind uh, maybe the artistic elements of the Bauhaus. And, you know, this is an era where Henri Cartier-Bresson was highly thought of and 
Henri Cartier-Bresson employed a lot of these classical compositional techniques, which I'll put a link to in this video. I have done a number of videos on what those are. It's, you know, obvious things like rule of thirds and rule of odds, but goes beyond that. And I'll talk about a few others in here as well. And that doesn't mean that everything in here is a complete clone of things that have already been done. In fact, I think there's some wonderful um, additions that the, the Italians really brought to photography. And one of them is this sense of vantage point. And what's interesting is the intro to this book, they, they're very critical of these images, saying that maybe it was an unwillingness to get close on the photographer's behalf. And I think that is a little bit of a stretch to say because unless you knew the photographer, the circumstances, you couldn't guarantee that. What I see in these images is incorporating more of the composition than what one is normally used to seeing. You know, if most of these images were made 35 millimeter um, in smaller formats, you know, because of the quality of the negative and the size of the negative, uh, getting in close, obviously, is a you know what you want to do with street photography but I really love how a lot of these photographs incorporate other elements into the composition in addition to the vantage point so for instance the photographer squatting down here is at the height of the young girl in the foreground with the young boy running behind her but these buildings are part of the composition they bring together that personality it's not just a snapshot of a boy and girl running forth but it incorporates a larger sense of place time and scale into the composition. And I think that that kind of thing is, is one of the things that, that a lot of the photographers in this book really offer. Um, from a completely different vantage point, obviously probably bringing to mind some of the night images of Brassailles, but uh, for instance, this one uh, with this wonderful obelisk that comes up from the city street done at night, but from a high vantage point. Um, also the one on the left from a high vantage point. And so, you know, scale, um, uh, I think with composition, another one that's great too, and I think this is neat too, this vantage point idea that we're talking about, is this little girl who's in the midst of these girls dancing. And this is this is one of those photographs that I think is actually quite brilliant because the shutter speed is just perfect. So she's in focus and the rest of them have a blur to it. And so your attention is drawn not only compositionally, but with some of the techniques being used in the image right into the center of what the photographer wants you to see as part of the composition. And I think that's some of the brilliance of some of these images. Um, another one that uses a lot of negative space in the composition is this one. This guy carrying a box down the street and this other man walking the other direction. Well, you do get a sense of what it is. It's a wall and we see balconies sticking out from the side. But using um, this tonality and this almost blown out feel to where we don't notice these are walls, they're only defined by this line with the balcony sticking out. And I think that really works wonderfully with with the composition. It would be completely different if the man were larger and filled up more space uh, in the frame. And I think that's what makes this very interesting. Uh, one more I want to show you, and I think this is another one um, with this whole idea and notion of vantage point. Uh, looking up the stairs with a, with a somewhat wide angle lens, probably a 35 millimeter or so, and you see the kids playing near the top. Now, other components that you're going to see in a lot of these compositions as well of course, they work well because they're very nostalgic. The clothes people wear, um, I think the sense of joy, particularly in this image, with the kids. But what makes it really interesting from a compositional standpoint is using the advantage point of those stairs and making them larger perceptively than the girls in the background, I think is really interesting. I think another thing that's interesting is the way the light plays on it. And also, from a compositional sense, the use of line. We have all these horizontal lines that break through the stairs combined with the diagonals that start coming up in this top tier of the composition. And this is something that you see a lot in Bresson's work, um, the whole sense of the diagonal line bringing in um, more of a dynamic nature to the photograph and maybe a little bit more energy. And also um, the way we 
or the photographer is putting the subjects of the image up near the edge. And I have said in episodes before that, you know, a compositional technique that you see people use a lot is when you place your subject in juxtapose with negative space up near the edge of the composition, it draws more attention to it. So framing is really a big component of the work of this time, which I think is, is really quite interesting. Um, another thing you're gonna see is extreme use of cropping. Like I love this with, again, the sense of scale, much like we see in the stairs where the stairs are perceptively larger than the girls walking up the side there. Uh, here we have the line in the street perceptively larger than the group of people walking behind it. And I think some of these things are what make some of this photography really unique and really interesting. Um, you know, in the sense of photojournalism, uh, an extreme vertical image like that would not fit well in a magazine, so you're not going to see that type of work. And these photographers were not working under constraints like that, so I think um, it's just a little bit different. Um, this is a neat photo too, this almost silhouette of this guy going up the stairs. So really minimalizing what you see, really his body is only outlined because you do have a reflection coming up the stairs. Happy accident, perhaps, uh, intentionally, perhaps, but either way, it's a, it's a, a beautiful image. Um, another thing I want to talk about here, and this is um, a compositional technique that I'm going to discuss in a future episode because it was something that Henri Cartier-Bresson used quite a bit and actually talked about. And around this time, there was a book called The Elements of Dynamic Symmetry. And the book goes into a lot of mathematical equations of visual things that occur in nature. And really what it boils down to is this, a use of diagonal lines. Now we get these because the vantage point is taken from above the couple that are kissing on the park bench. But what we see here and the way the camera is framed up is we have a diagonal line that is pretty much implied here between the bench and the, the way the, the, the pavement and the sidewalk here bricks up against it uh, to the, the grass and the ground area here. We have a hard diagonal line that cuts the composition in half. Now there's a secondary implied line and this is basically what dynamic symmetry comes down to. And like I said, we'll separate and do a whole show on this uh, unto itself. Bresson was the master of this. Uh, you have a diagonal line and then the rule says you enter intersect it with a, another line exactly perpendicular to 90 degree angle. So we get like a cross, I guess you could say. And so we get an implied line because of the location of this thing on the ground here. And so we have an implied line here. And then the intersection, much like with the rule of thirds, is where a point of interest occurs. This works best when you're dealing with a lot of negative space and you really draw an end to that point of interest, but those implied lines are there. And like I said, we'll, we'll cover that more in future episodes. Um, there's another great image, this one, which is the same technique here. And basically a line can be implied, meaning it's not actually in the composition, but your eye kind of sees it as a line because basically you're connecting dots. So for instance, if we take the figure in the, in the foreground down here with the umbrella and we draw a line between these two, we have two parallel or perpendicular intersecting lines that are just barely visible by these tracks in the snow. And then you have two points of interest on those lines. And so that's what makes the composition work. You could also argue that the composition works because you have two figures and a lot of negative space and the figures are close to the edge of the frame in the composition. So that's what makes it you know, appealing to the eye or more interesting. Um, great use of leading lines in this one, definitely not um, uh, dynamic symmetry, but the way that the perspective is used just with the, the few lines that you see there off into the mist area that's overblown in the image with this figure walking through in the middle. And, you you know, there's an argument that's made too in the intro 
where they're talking about um, figures being far off and a lot of times silhouetted. And perhaps that was a little bit of a, um, oh, a metaphor for Italian society at that time, coming out of World War II and a lot of change going on that people probably are more withdrawn or more you know, cut off a little bit from society. I don't know. I, I you know, wasn't alive and in Italy at that time, so I'm, I'm just going with that. But there's some great images in here. I'm going to show you another couple here. I love this one of these two priests taking photos of one another. It's just brilliant stuff. Um, you know, and, and we see all walks of life represented here. We see, you know, this girl, um, this is such a great image. She's wearing her mother's high heels, I assume, here. And this works so well because the characters behind her are divided by this somewhat side of a crate or a door or whatever she's standing against. And it's a really neat composition of this boy standing in the doorway. Um, he's filthy and, you know, it's one side of life. Then we see the wealthy side of life. These umbrella shots are really neat. Um, Saul Leiter was working a lot with umbrellas at that time. Uh, you know, this extreme crop end of the face, which at that time was a pretty radical way of doing a portrait. Um, that was not a classical portrait. And today it doesn't look that shocking, but in the 1960s it certainly did. And this kid with the mask over here. Um, really amazingly beautiful stuff. There's also an image here that I was just going to end it on, but uh, this woman at the newsstand, um, the ice skating figure, you know, cutting the upper part of the body off. It's a very contemporary technique at that time. And these shots of these um, street walkers, you could say, or prostitutes. Uh, you know, I love this one of the, um, the military guys up here talking to this woman. Anyway, it's a fabulous book and uh, highly recommended, but that is a quick look at La Strada. If you are interested in building a portfolio of your own work online, you might consider checking out our sponsor today, who are the awesome folks over at Squarespace.com. Squarespace is an all-in-one solution for building amazing websites. In fact, their slogan is Build It Beautiful. It's an all-in-one solution, so it contains a set of templates that you start with. All of them are highly customizable, so you can get the exact look and feel that you want to your website. And it also has an amazingly easy-to-use drag-and-drop backend system. So literally, if you can drag-and-drop a folder of images from your computer onto your web browser, you can build a portfolio. Squarespace is extremely easy to use and that's why I use it for a number of projects including Contrast, which is the online photography magazine that we'll be launching in the next few weeks. So anyway, I would go check them out. They have a free trial that is absolutely free. In fact, it doesn't even require a credit card. You just go sign up. And so go try Squarespace for yourself and see if it's something you're interested in using. If you do want to order Squarespace and subscribe to the service, I can save you an additional 10% off your initial order by using offer code AOP on checkout. So once again, the URL on that is squarespace.com and use offer code AOP on checkout for an additional 10% off your order. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks to the folks at Squarespace for once again sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. Again, I will link up to La Strada in the show description, so check that out. It is a little bit difficult to find, but well worth tracking down. In fact, this is one of the most interesting books that I've come across this year. And I think what makes it interesting to me is obviously you see a lot of influence of things that had been going on in photojournalism and photography and they're really taken in and shown from an Italian viewpoint and in a lot of ways there's nothing that's and I don't mean this to sound insulting, that's completely earth-shattering. In other words, a lot of the compositional ideas and a lot of the look to these photos are things that had already been established by existing photographers. But for me, what makes this special and what makes it one of the one of my favorite collections that I've run across this year, definitely, is, and I'm gonna make a metaphor to another film here, it's not an Italian film, but a couple years ago, there was a movie that came out called Lost in Translation, which many of you are probably familiar with. Uh, Sofia Coppola was the director on that, it starred Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, and it was a wonderful 
movie. And it wasn't that it was earth-shattering or mind-blowing from a conceptual standpoint or throwing cinema into the throes of where it's never gone before and coming out with this, this great innovative product. But what Lost in Translation was was a great slice-of-life movie that was really well-produced and did this amazing job at telling the story it was trying to tell. And because, it, because of those reasons, it is a very beautiful movie and very enjoyable and one of my favorite films. And I think that I could say the same for a lot of the work that we've been looking at in this collection. And, you know, it's not that it's going to be earth-shattering in the sense that it threw photography and changed it forever into a new direction. It really took a lot of existing paradigms of composition and what photographers had already had to offer and put it into a new context. There certainly were some new ideas that were thrown in, but I also think if you look at where Italy was artistically coming out of a, you know, a heavily oppressive regime that uses, and this is a subject for another show one day, but the power of image that's used in politics sometimes. Um, but anyway, coming out of that and what certain imagery, particularly in photography, looked like to those photographers um, as they moved forward into a new age. And it was, it was a complete divorce from that. So the mission was accomplished, I think, in some of those grounds. But anyway, it's interesting. I, I think this is a collection of work that is largely overlooked. Um, I think artistically it has the integrity of the more famous photographers that we're obviously comparing this to that came first. And it is a wonderful collection, like I said, and, and if nothing else, um, a slice of life of what the late 50s, early 60s were like in Italy. And I think it's really beautiful on that on that note. So anyway, I will link this up best I can in the show description. Um, anyway, that's about all I got for today. If you guys uh, enjoyed this video, please remember to like it and share it with your friends and subscribe subscribe to the channel. We do a lot of different kinds of videos in here, including a lot of these photo lit episodes. And if you subscribe, you'll always be up to date on all the latest and greatest videos that I do here. Until the next video, I'll see you guys then. Later.